Mr. Nice Guy, I'm Ben Slowey, uh, here in the second day of the homecoming edition of Mr. Nice Guy. Um, and today joining me on the show, I have my really good old brother go back, uh, like, since like, I don't know, like seven years at this point, like I think. Like Ross. Yeah, was like... ba Barney Ross Youth Group, shout yeah. out. Shout out B. Ross. Shout out, <laughs> yeah. shout out, shout out Jewish youth group. Yeah. Bringing people together oh, hell across yeah. America. Right. Shout out, shout out the AZA. Exactly. You know, um, shout out uh, BBYO, <laughs> you know, allowing us to generous to be a chapter. Exactly. Uh, it's, it's good to be here, Ben. Thanks for having me. You're on. welcome. Yeah. So uh, uh, um, he uh, he makes music. Uh, he's in music school over in L.A. And uh yeah, I'm excited to see everything you're working on. So, uh, Matt Gertler, a.k.a. Shirt. Indeed. A.k.a. Chip. 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 Welcome to the show. Thank you. <laughs> you're I, I feel at home. Good. <laughs> the Slowy household is like a second home. You quite literally are within I, home. I feel it. I feel, <laughs> feel it in my heart. It in my heart. <laughs> it's, just, it's radiating. Exactly. Yeah, man, absolutely. Uh, yeah, dude, um, how was your Thanksgiving? It was good. A little drama, but, you know, I feel like that goes with every Thanksgiving. Actually. It was good though. It was really good. I actually enjoyed being home and like spending some time with my family. I saw my brother, so nice. it was good. How about yours? Uh, it was pretty good. Um, I went out to my cousins out in Dyer, and then uh, we, yeah, we just, uh, I don't know, we. How many people were there? It was like maybe 20, 25 or so people. It's only gotcha. my dad's side. Uh, I mean, it was kind of like an in and out sort of thing. Like we didn't Got stay it. for too long, but. We loaded the plate that's up. You gotta do it, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> well, and so I feel you on the family trauma. It's just yeah. not that like anything really like went like nothing was really yeah, drama. Was, like, crazy, it's just but... like some cousins have political views that I, <laughs> I don't necessarily align. Yeah. Um, some people just in my family personally a lack of filters, so mm -hmm. it's uh, it could be a struggle at the dinner table with a lot of sensitive people there. So yeah. it's like you know. Yeah, but it's all good though. We yeah, all, yeah. Everyone had it on good terms, so. Yeah, I digress. I mean, I, exactly. I, I really just, I mean, it was good to see the family. I feel like Thanksgiving is one of those holidays that everybody loves because they see their family, but they also hate it at the yeah. same time. Yeah. Because <laughs> they, yeah, I don't know. Exactly. No, I, I agree because, like, especially for folks that are just, like, you know, um, are, like, socially conscious, <laughs> sure. politically minded, like sure. I do with a lot of relatives that just have, like, um, some rather uh, skewed beliefs. Yeah, and then um, everybody has to bring food, and if someone doesn't bring, it's like awkward. And it's, <laughs> yeah. like, it's like, what do I do here? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you're like, you're like, you, you didn't bring anything, dude. Like for real. I was gonna bring like one green bean. <laughs> here you go. Yeah. Just set it down in front of somebody. No, or or no, this is this is true. This actually happened. Uh, or when you can't get a can open, and there's drama over there's <laughs> drama over the fact that you can't get this one can open. Can. So and no one has a can opener. Oh, so like. We were literally on our way there, and uh, my dad gets a call, and he's like, "What? What? What's going on? Okay, okay, we'll be right there. We're almost there." <laughs> and he hangs up. He's like, yeah, "I guess they have a can, and they can't open it or something." <laughs> yeah, it's just really serious calls. Yeah, yeah. Is everything okay? Yeah. Oh, the can opener. My dad's like, "Gotta take a detour." And you he, guys end up getting it open. I would assume so. Okay, it, it was a non-issue by the time I got there. <laughs> gotcha. But um, yeah, man, I'm trying to have a couple friends uh, on the show uh, yeah. joining me on this platform. Professor Levinson's maybe doing it in a couple days Professor as well. Professor Levinson. Levinson. I'll, I'll leave you to talk about him. He'll be tomorrow. Yeah. Your section, but interesting guy. Look, stay tuned. Yeah. Stay tuned, Mr. Nice Guy Podcast. Smartest guy I think I've ever met. Still. Oh yeah. Insanely <laughs> smart. Sometimes too smart for his own good, but. Yeah, really. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just. Yeah. I mean. I've uh, like initially when I created this platform, I primarily was uh, geared towards like creative. So I was interviewing musicians, poets, filmmakers, fellow journalists. Sure. I was interviewing. Um, I've seen yeah a bunch of them. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. Um, but then I'm like, after some time, I'm like, you know, I could just really bring anyone on this show and just you know. Uh, Pretty much, I feel like everyone, no matter what their walk of life is, has very interesting perspectives right. on 
multiple, like no matter what you're talking exactly. about, it's, you know, just everyone's different. You know? Yeah, everyone I started bringing social justice onto the show, I started bringing what's, like... Uh, what's, you mean like, is that like a group of people, or you just mean like in general social justice? Oh, just like people that are like passionate about different social oh, I justice saying, causes. I, I thought you were like naming like a, like a band or something. Oh, no. I was like, oh, I gotta look them up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, social justice yeah. is a good topic. Yeah, I mean, and and, I've, and also just, I mean, it, like the show's theme is love and fear, so I mean, it just affects us all in unique ways, and how we express ourselves, and how we, you know, basically, like, um, uh, driving us to do what we do. Totally. Like, whether it's creative or passionate, or just, like, how we make sense of this life, and, you know, I just really like to, you know, exchange just, like, uh, what my, you know, close friends feel on the topic, and, yeah. uh... And yeah, so like, um, like we said, um, so we, you know, we, we, we were friends, uh, in high school, uh, we got in trouble doing a lot of shit, <laughs> yep. a lot of really dumb a shit, a lot of really dumb shit, yeah, before we get into it all that though, I'm thirsty, so I'm gonna take a swig oh, of juice, we got the dole, the dole, the dole, the dole, 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 dole. sponsored by, mango. dole, dole, indeed, mm. <laughs> I just. I actually just choked on that. Delicious juice. It's really fun. That's like my favorite. Like my mom. My mom knows that she knew I was coming home. Um, yeah. So like what you were just talking about. Yeah. After I'm done choking on the juice, I do agree. That it's important to get other people, then creatives, to get in here and talk right. about their walks of life and exactly. everything. Because, you know, you, you really like, I mean, they're your friends for a reason, A. <coughs> totally. B, like, you know, you're just like-minded people. And B, it's just like, you know, <coughs> we're all in, you know, considering, like, I've known people for so long, you know, I want to sort of reflect and, uh, you know, and also just process, like, our journeys and, like, where we're at in life right now. And, I mean, I'm... You know, really just excited that you decided to immerse yourself in an entirely foreign environment Thanks. doing what you love doing. I'm which excited is about it too. Music. Thank you. So, well, now it's been getting comfortable for me. I've been there good. for like almost two years, so I'm starting to yeah. kind of feel a little bit at home there, which is really sure. nice. Totally. Um, yeah. So, before we, before we like talk about <coughs> everything that like is going on right now with you, I want to like take it back a little bit and talk to you a little bit about like where the, the production, the manipulation, of music as a creative outlet sort of first became a reality for you? Sure, that's a very good question. So, um, originally it actually wasn't music. In seventh grade, I was super into video games. Shout out Call of Duty. I was really into video games, and I wasn't very good at them, but I loved YouTube and the whole idea of YouTube yeah. and everything. All these people were posting their gameplay footage on YouTube, and I was yeah. like, you know what? I'm not that good at this game, but I'm gonna start editing people's clips yeah. and making it look cool as shit, and like making Call of Duty montages. And this was in seventh grade; I was still pretty young. So, <coughs> excuse me, the delay is killing me. <laughs> but so I made a YouTube channel and I started like editing people's clips, and I got like three thousand subscribers, and like it was yeah. like average success. That was like when YouTube was first getting big too. So that was like relative to nowadays, where people mm -hmm. have like fifty million. The biggest channel probably had about a million back then. I was like in. 2008 or something yeah. ridiculous like that. Yeah. But um, so that's where it all started. And then I did that for a couple of years. And then once I got into high school, the HF broadcasting program um, at our school, we had. Shout out to VTV. <laughs> shout out to VTV. We had an amazing broadcasting program. But <coughs> once I started to get more into the real aspects of what film would be and not just like syncing clips up to music and like making like cool montages. Yeah. I started to realize it's a lot of waiting around for like mm -hmm. rendering and yeah. like it's kind of boring. Exporting. Exactly. And like interviews. Like I wasn't a big fan of like real life stuff to be honest. Right. So like I just kind of like lost motivation with it there. Which turned out <coughs> to be the best thing that ever happened to me because after that I kind of realized my passion was always more so for the music. I really liked syncing up clips with like the music in the background. I would spend hours just trying to find like the perfect song for whatever video I was making. And then, I think it was like my sophomore year of high school, we all went to Lollapalooza, and that was like yeah. life-changing for yeah. me. And that's, that was, I would say that's the distinctive moment where we I really decided. Well, I remember, yeah, I remember I was with Aaron, and we looked Shout at out to AJ the very first EDM concert I've ever seen was Skrillex, and that was back in like 2014 when he was still like really popular or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And it was sick, he headlined Lollapalooza, and we saw him, and I was just like, you know what, this would be a really cool job, and I'm something I could get passionate about. <coughs> Excuse me. So, 
then after that I started to make some music on my own and I kind of already knew the route to I, I had already done a lot of computer um, arts and like graphic design and like I was working with video and stuff so like I kind of knew about computer programs and how they work together mm -hmm. so it was pretty easy for me to pick up Ableton which is the um, program I use to produce music it was pretty uh, natural for me to pick it up and start using it. I mean, obviously, like everyone goes through a time when they start music production where they just don't know what they're doing. And I spent two years just being absolutely awful. Yeah. But like, it was all totally a learning experience. It was way harder than video editing, to mm -hmm. be honest. If you get more into the professional side of like making movies, that shit's hard. But like what I was doing, it was a lot more challenging than that. So they're just piecing clips together. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Which is kind of what I was just getting bored mm -hmm. doing, you know. But um. Yeah, I just really found my passion in that. I didn't really start enjoying it until like two years in, honestly, just because music production is definitely one of those things where um, it's really hard to get into it because everything is very foreign when you see the screen for the first time. You open up this giant screen of this weird program, looks super foreign, you don't know what anything does, and it takes like a couple like years to even like be able to make a product that you're happy with and be like, I like this. <coughs> So yeah, it took a while for me to get into it, but I'm glad I stuck with it. I graduated from music school about eight months ago, and then that leads me to here. I'm just yeah. getting ready to start my first yeah. brand ever, so. Fuck yeah, dude. Well, congrats. Thank you. I didn't Appreciate even know you that. finished, actually. Yeah, I finished about eight months ago, and it was just a quick, it was like a one-year program. Oh, sure. Okay. So, I mean, with the music industry, like, I totally could have gone to, like, mm -hmm. Berkeley and Boston, which is, like, a very prestigious music school, and you go there for four years and get yeah. a degree, but... I'm going into electronic dance music. Yeah. Nobody in the industry is really going to be like, oh, let me see your degree for this. That's <laughs> more so like how good right. is your music. So. People go to Berkeley if they're trying to like do like film scoring or exactly. like exactly. Yeah, know, that's actual, very classical music. I have a lot yeah, of friends who went to Berkeley. Composition. It's a fantastic school, mm -hmm. but um, it's also very it's very expensive. <laughs> it is very expensive, and it definitely wasn't the route that I kind of had in mind. Yeah. Icon Collective, which is the school that I went to. Um, it's a very focused on electronic dance, but I have a lot of alumni who graduated from there who have been doing really successful. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I'm trying to think, maybe Jaws, some of you guys have heard oh, of, yeah. or Nightmare, festival, some festival headliners, throw down a little bit, but yeah, yeah totally. those are just some alumni that went to there. So I kind of yes. knew that that was like a better route for me, a little more specific to what I wanted to do in the industry, so I think it all worked out really well, totally. I'm glad I went. Hell yeah, dude, awesome. So in high school, like you were really into like, EDM shows. So, like, how did I guess like the live experience of like seeing shows kind of like inspire you? That's to, a good like, question. So, I think I personally got into it for the wrong reasons, and I think everybody who's in the electronic dance music industry got into it for the totally wrong reason. I mean, like when you're young and you see somebody who's flying around the world partying for a living, it's like holy shit, that's fucking awesome. I want to yeah. do that. And then once you actually start getting into the music and learning about the really interesting culture behind everything mm -hmm. and learning about music production and how skillful you can get at that and how someone who's been doing it for five years is so much worse than someone's been doing it for ten years. It's just like crazy skill gaps mm -hmm. that are really interesting and you could keep going for so long. It just really, uh, it just really piqued my interest. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, like we think of like the electronic music greats of like the '90s. You know, we're talking Aphex Twin. Exactly. We're talking Moby. We're talking, you know, the Chemical Brothers. We're totally. talking. And that was before all of the outside yeah. influence when DJs are actually like kind of cool nowadays. Right. And it's like people actually go to see them at festivals. Yeah. That was like when it was all very underground. That was like the 90s, like trance and the big You'd go beat. to some warehouse. Yeah. And like, yeah. Everyone's in like those T-shade glasses. Yeah. And like they're really weird and like they're yeah. turtlenecks yeah. and everything. Yeah, like random, uh, the random... Brit dudes start breakdancing. <laughs> I love going on YouTube and looking at videos of raves from the 90s. It's the yeah. funny, everyone's just on Molly. Yeah. Their eyes are like wide and like yeah. they're all just looking like great. It's so funny. Yeah. Definitely recommend it. For sure. And and yeah, I think that that's where like there can, the culture of like EDM music can easily become stigmatized because totally. it's so associated with partying. A hundred percent. But you know. Like, Even like some people see it as like something really cheesy because of yeah. that. And, like if you're not into the music, um, then yeah, that's that's kind of all there is to it, honestly. Yeah. Like even as someone who's been doing it for a very long time, <laughs> like it's really cheesy if you're not in it for the music. Right? Exactly. Yeah. And that's like the that's you know that was what it was originally intended for. Totally. And in the same reason that like, you know, people think social media is stupid. It's like well, you're using it for the wrong reasons. It's very actually true. a very powerful tool that can give you like real life experience not and only meeting. for personal stuff for business yeah for everything yeah exactly 100%. i wouldn't have the show without it yeah. and it's like 
for you, you're in it. I mean, yeah, like the partying's fun, but like, at, but at the end of the day, even if you weren't partying, or even if that got old after a while, you'd still be making the music. Exactly. I haven't even gone to a festival in like over a year at this point. Like, I'm kind of done with like <laughs> yeah. EDM shows. Like, I've had my uh, share. They're really fun, but now like I don't do Molly anymore. I'm not like <laughs> yeah. I'm not as dumb as I was in high school. So like. The Perry stage got a little stale after a while. Exactly, you know? exactly. I mean, like, yeah. if I'm with a big group of friends who are all into the music and, like, yeah. going with them, like, yeah, that's a little bit different, but, like, mm -hmm. I don't know. What were some other artists that you really liked from, like, the get-go besides totally. Skrillex? Um, so Skrillex was definitely, like, a huge one for me. That was, like, my biggest influence. Yeah. And I thought of him as, like, a total cornball before everything. And then I did some research. He's actually a really cool guy. Mm. Um, yeah, Skrillex was, like... Very inspiring guy. He's a really, really inspiring guy. Um, he's a perfect example of somebody who did not fucking fit in anywhere, but then created his I own mean, his own just, culture. He's crazy. Like his mind is so wild. Like he made a new genre of music, which yeah. is like me sitting down in front of my computer producing is like I can't even think of that. And I've been yeah. doing this for like five years. Right. And it's like I can't even like it's so hard to make an entirely new genre of music mm. appeal to a mass amount of people. Exactly. I mean, dubstep existed for years before that in the UK. It just wasn't as popular. He did something which pretty much no one has ever done, which mm -hmm. is take this, like, it's almost like if someone took heavy metal and made it into pop. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like the 80s, which, like, didn't happen, but, like, if someone did, that's basically what he did, and it's, like, a pretty cool thing. Yeah. It's very inspiring. For sure. And he's actually, like, a really genuine person who watches interviews and everything. Yeah. Very inspiring. Definitely. But, um, yeah, so Skrillex was definitely a big, um, he was a big inspiration. Who else? Um... Honestly, Dylan Francis. Dylan Francis. Dylan Francis is oh, the man. That's a name I haven't heard in a while. Yeah, yet. when I, I'm not a huge fan of him anymore. I kind of uh, he's definitely like pretty cheesy. Yeah, his music is pretty good. But um, yeah, he was one of the first people I really got into and who kind of like caught my eye and like got me into electronic dance music and stuff. Word. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, ones I really liked back when we were, when I was still doing that too, mm -hmm. like, going to shows like that, I really liked Excision. I actually Dude, had a lot of fun at Excision. Excision's crazy. I know. He's That's so, why I like it. He's so good. He's like, he started this whole new way. I mean, he has his own, his own music festival now. Yeah. What, really what, which crazy. one? It's called Lost Lands. It's like, oh, yeah. It's ridiculous. I actually today. babysat my friend's cat, uh, That's while she was at Lost Lands. Lands. That's so yeah. funny. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. It's, um... Yeah, his music sounds like a robot having a seizure. Oh, yeah. It's, it's <laughs> awesome. So, like, I, I respect what he does because he really pushes that culture. And, like, I feel like he does a great job of, like, spreading, like, what real EDM is about. Sure. Like, you go to a Calvin Harris show and, like, it's really cool. And the production is awesome. But you don't have that, like, kind of, like, gritty side of, like, right, yeah. you know, like, that's, like... Calvin Harris is, like, some really, I mean, it's it's a lot of, like, clean cut. music. Yeah, it's, like, it's like pop music, clean pop cut. Electronic. Pop electronic and it's really fun. Totally, but and his production is awesome. Yeah. Like his lights are going to be super cool. Right. Everything is going to be super cool. But they're I like you can't even group them into the same exactly. thing. There's you know? something very special about going to a show, a subgenre of music. Now, this doesn't even have to do with just electronic music. Say you're going to like an indie rock show of like some random weird like subgenre of indie rock. Like, Boss for the people. Something like <laughs> you that. Know? Even less known than them. Like, just random oh, yeah. people. F like, yeah. Neutral Milk Hotel. That's a good, great example. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. some very, you know, like, off of the off the main road type of stuff. Mm -hmm. I feel like when you go to those types of things at a music festival, it's a really cool experience, no matter if you like it or not, or if you enjoyed it, or if you didn't enjoy it. It's just cool to know, like, oh, yeah. this is something different. And, like, I saw it, you know? Yeah. One of my favorite things about EDM shows, and I remember Skrillex was... Um, one of the like really, like akin Most. to this to this idea is just how um, how just musicians and like especially electronic artists um, uh, incorporate visuals into the totally. music and like you know you watch like Skrillex and it's like so many like little internet characters yeah. that he like it just invented like a, yeah electronic little characters and, really cool. and figures that you know, become part of, like, the animations, like, in his, like, totally. routine. And, and it's you, so cool. Yeah, usually there's a very, very talented, like, 3D artist doing yeah. all that stuff for them. And I, like, follow a bunch of those guys, and yeah. I'm super into all that stuff. But um, I feel like Zed is the king Zed too, of yeah. lighting and, like, graphics. He takes Zed. it so seriously, which I really admire. Um, because, I mean, people pay money to go to these shows. You want to have a good time. Like, mm -hmm. he definitely does a great job of setting himself apart. Mainly because he has the funds for it. He's an extremely wealthy and successful DJ because he dabbled in the pop yeah. industry a bunch. Um, but yeah, his his shows are really cool, and I really find that inspirational that he takes. Because he'll go, actually, 
prior to a set's and whole program is on lighting beforehand. Yeah. So a lot of people have lighting directors for their live oh, shows. Yeah, right. And those are the people sitting, um, it's called front of stage where like there's that little booth set up and like it's in front of the stage and they're usually doing all the lighting there. Mm -hmm. He does everything prior and it's all pre-recorded and it's all kind of like, so it perfectly syncs to his music, Word. which is the coolest thing. Sure. And especially for electronic dance music, which is very, there's no vocals, there's no, it, it's it's very computer made and it, uh, it almost kind of sounds like what you're seeing up there, which is yeah, the, yeah. The, the best part about it. That's a good it. way to put it. Exactly, and whenever I see a visual artist who's really good at capturing that, or a live artist like this attitude who's really good at capturing that, it's super inspirational, mm -hmm. and it's, it's even cooler to go see in person. Yeah. Really Even awesome. some EDM artists incorporate live bands like Grizz or totally. Big Gigantic. That's you know. really cool stuff. Odessa. Odessa as well. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah I mean, you uh, yeah. might agree uh, to some ex to some degree here. I think genres are pretty dead. Who? Genres. Oh, genres, one hundred percent. Yeah, like they're just you know they're. They're just you know it's a it's a cheap way to put people and their music into categories, and 100%. I I get why they're there. My pet peeve is when I look at the comment section, and I'm like, oh, this sounds like blank, or like this sounds like blank, and like people don't realize the thing about music is that everything's already been invented. Right. Everything we do is borrowing from. There's other nothing entirely ideas. original. No, nothing. Right. Everything, no matter even if it's a mm -hmm. totally new genre, you're borrowing from other ideas: yeah. jazz, hip hop rock and roll back in the day, like, mm -hmm. no matter what you're doing, it's all completely borrowed. So the yeah. thing is, when people, like, say in the comments, they're like, oh, this just sounds like blank, or, like, this sounds like blank. I'm just like, honestly, probably a similar chord structure. Right. Probably use something really similar, but, like, yeah. it takes a lot to put a song together other than just those little things that are easy to see from the outside and look in on. Yeah. There's a lot I, of creativity yeah. and decisions, small, smaller decisions to make when it comes to composition. Mm -hmm. A lot of little things other than just like sounds that you hear and the feeling that the song gives you, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's a lot that goes into it. Whenever I'm uh, communicating with artists, when I'm like uh, describing like how, like what's going through my mind when I'm listening to their music, like I never, I try never to like, you know, compare them to another artist like compare them to a standard set by like totally. another artist because and really that's kind of ins that's insulting to them because think, it's yeah. like they're trying to be their own thing you know they're trying yeah. to like they don't want to be like replicating and uh, i think there is or, I, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go, yeah. I think they're totally, I 100% I agree with that. I think there is an extent where sometimes people can get a little like, oh yeah, well yeah. Rippy, but no, I 100% right. agree with what you're saying. Exactly. Where, and yeah, and I mean, yeah, exactly. They're, everyone's like growing as an artist in a way, honestly, in such a way where they're not emulating something too true. much. And that problem doesn't really happen more in pop because everyone has different voices and vocals mm -hmm. and like it's much easier to distinguish yourself in music production and like the lower scenes of electronic music, there's a lot of copying that yeah. goes on and a lot of presets being used yeah, and yeah. stuff that's not really looked at too fondly. Presets is in like downloading a sound on the internet instead of like kind of going and making it yourself and doing something creative with it. Another thing that's really amazing about EDM music that um, just like I had a lot of friends, not only from home, uh, but also up in Milwaukee, like the culture and just the, the, the sense of belonging it gives to so many people. 100%. I mean, I know... Like, I know people, uh, I interviewed a, a couple that are actually, um, that are engaged, going to be married soon, uh, back in Milwaukee, but they, like, religiously, like, they follow Bass Nectar around the country. Bass Nectar? <laughs> I don't want to say a cult, but it's, like, almost yeah. like a cult. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's crazy. Dude, they went to Tomorrowland well, he has, like, in uh, Belgium, Oh, I that's think. insane. That's so cool. Yeah, that's like, like, my dream festival. Exactly. so cool. Yeah, I feel Bass Nectar has this, like, group of people who, like, travels the world with them, mm -hmm. just, like, seeing his shows. Pretty cool. Yeah, and like, yeah, and it's like, yeah, Tomorrowland they went to, and it's, you know, and a complete, it's like the thing for the biggest one in the world. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Like, I think uh, it's capacity like, wise. I think it is the biggest one in the world, capacity yeah. wise, because it's an entire town in Belgium. Yeah. It's like, it takes up the entirety of like a city. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. actually crazy. Yeah, right. Like, and that's, that's fucking insane, man. I mean, like, and it's just like, I've seen. I mean, I've just seen and observed, like, how, like, EDM festivals, how weekend getaways, how raves, how venues that cater to electronic dance music, like, build such a, like, inclusive and loving, yeah. and, yeah, and just... I mean, it's because of the whole, like, plural culture. Yeah. And, like, the peace, love, unity, respect, which I personally think is really cheesy. 
Well, yeah, of course it is. A lot of it has to do with, like, Molly and, like, I mean, come on, like, you're going to be really happy. Like, also, yeah, everyone coming up and giving you big hugs. Everyone's really into astrology. Yeah, you know? really yeah. they charge the rocks under the moon every <laughs> night, which is fine. Nothing, yeah. nothing against that. Right. But, but, um, but point being is that, like... It's very positive. Yeah, like, it, exactly. It's, it's a great environment to be in. Um, if you're trying to get into electronic music, or even if you just want to get into a new genre, it's very welcoming. Yeah. Um, I feel like a lot of things can be intimidating, mm -hmm. especially, like, this loud music. Just know when you go there, like, you'll probably be greeted by some 17-year-old rolling his face off that's going to be like, hey, I love you! And, like, you're also going to see this random 60-year-old uh, man. That's oh, there's <laughs> always that one old dude who's <laughs> yeah. just raging. I respect yeah. that guy so much. Yeah, he's the guy who's walking around Bonnaroo. Hey, happy rule! Yeah. Oh. So that guy's either really depressed or really into the music. Yeah. So like, it's one of the two. It's one yeah. Of the two. Yeah, but I mean, like, it's just like it's very inclusive. Yeah, I've, I've known a lot of I've a lot of great friends that have found so much meaning and belonging and just love totally. in, in what they do, uh, and um, and especially even for you know uh, up and coming uh, young EDM artists trying to infiltrate the industry. Um, you know, there's a lot of venues that readily welcome that even in milwaukee yeah so like i think getting local djs is starting to be yeah a more available thing and starting to be more common for smaller mm -hmm. venues which is super awesome and i really like that sure so how would you describe like your specific brand of music i guess in sure so i make really intense music i make like dubstep and really fast-paced electronic music just because my influences and what i'm into i know you probably wouldn't guess that at first glance but no it's the that's the type of stuff that I'm personally just really into. I think a lot of it has to do with growing up and how I was influenced with my brothers and how I also started doing video editing at first, which a lot of that was electronic music based. Mm -hmm. um, so that all kind of like led me that path. I mean, the thing is, I actually didn't really get into electronic music until I started editing videos. I was totally raised with hip hop and like, I always kind of thought EDM was a little bit cheesy. I was never super into it until I kind of actually saw it for myself in first person. I mean, I could see it being intense. I remember those, the weekends of us listening to keys and crates like totally. every weekend yeah. and stuff like that we would be going like back and forth taco bell and oh then my back to I my think house one time we went to taco bell like three times and they yeah. were like you're all back again right. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny and we were literally like, just coming we had nowhere else to go but like my parking lot here exactly. and then yeah like that man but yeah like i i mean i remember you would introduce us to a lot of like a lot more like you you put us into like a lot of trap music back in the day like you would introduce just like different kinds of electronic music i remember you actually introduced me to grimes oh dude grimes, <laughs> is, sick. grimes is awesome i love man. grimes she's awesome she yeah. dates elon musk now she does very interesting elon that's musk. like the weirdest couple of the century very odd that's like <laughs> never mind yeah <laughs> i'm not gonna say another it. episode another episode but another episode. yeah like i remember you put me onto just a lot of like diver a diverse array to how electronic music is um, expressed and manipulated. Totally. And on a separate subject, then I mean, not separate subject. I'm I've always been one of those people who like, if I find something new on the internet, like electronic music at first, or even just like, I'm trying to think of another good example, like some people's like crypto. Like I get really into that and I like really investigate yeah. it and like get down to the deep the depths of the culture because <laughs> that's where I think all the really cool and important and fulfilling stories are mm -hmm. to be told and heard. It's people like that really are, get down to the nitty gritty and the depth of like the, the grease yeah. of the culture. People that are really into creepy pastas. Totally. I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, that and like more so. Like, say you go to New York, you go to all the touristy places and go to all the touristy, or you could go get a chopped cheese from some bodega on the corner store for like three dollars. That'll probably be way better than like a five star or like a two star Michelin restaurant that you could go to. It's like you got to get into the culture oh, and yeah. like really like you know figure everything you gotta, out you got to get underneath the surface it's super easy to look at things with an outsider's perspective nowadays and it's also super easy with the internet to not do that you know like if you're interested in something you should really find out about it and research a lot of people kind of just like sit on the edge of topics and will like chime in about things right. that they don't really know about yeah like, yeah yeah you know like kind of get into it a little bit Pe spend some time there's the internet yeah. nowadays like you can literally like everything you could possibly need to know about anything is at your fingertips. Exactly. Pretty much. like I mean, and that's that's a funny point. Like how, yeah, people have a, it's a very surface knowledge, surface level. Like they have like headline knowledge, and it like confuses me just because there's so much information out there nowadays oh, yeah. to read about, and it's all so interesting and like there's just so much shit out there, and it's like why are you just like sitting there not even right. like like this shit's cool. Right. It's like you know I I, I enjoy to I share my fair share of memes but but like 
Yeah, I mean, like, you can just, you can... Even down, like, the podcast route, like, you, I'm sure you watch, like, some pretty cool podcasts yeah. that, like... Yeah, I mean, I, I, I could try to, like, study the craft of, like, not even, like, I mean, yeah, like, podcasts, and I've, just, I've studied the format, like, but I also study talk show hosts, totally. I study celebrity interviewers, yeah, I study... personalities in general. Yeah, yeah, I study, you know, uh, uh, publications that write about music, sure. I study film and I study how emotions are and ideas are expressed 100%. and communicated with through, through See, characters. That's I didn't even realize that those were all types of things that you should look at if you have a podcast. But now that I'm thinking about it, if I had a podcast, those were the types of things I would yeah. figure out after doing some research on the internet and be like, oh shit, this is all really cool stuff that I actually have to think about now because I'm doing this. Right. And if at the end of the day, it's all, uh, you're studying creative expression. Exactly. You're studying the greats. In exactly. the field that you're interested in, yes, and and that's what, that I think that that's what boils it down to is that like it is so easy to research anything you could possibly want. You could literally 100%. Google any question you have, and you know, answer, instantaneously yeah. ten search results with ten different variations of that question will pop up. Yeah. And like, yeah, man. So like, I I like I think that people underestimate like how. Just <laughs> knowledge, <laughs> yeah, but also just how, like, you know, the tools to uh, to indulge in a creative outlet, whether you're making music, whether you want to start totally. fooling around with a camera, whether you want to start writing, whether you want to start, you know, like, uh, utilizing um, visual art in yeah. some way. Don't do it half-assed. Yeah. So many people who are like, yeah, I want to get into music production. And they'll never hit me up again. And it's like, okay. They make a two-minute beat on their phone. And they're like, dude, look at what I just made. They'll like buy like a $400 program <laughs> yeah. and I'll never touch it again. It's like, okay, <laughs> like, that's fine. Dude, dude I'm like, going to try to get a gig with this, dude. Yeah, dude, it's like the first day. Like, dude, this is, go, this is going on, on Kiss FM. Like, I can't. This is going to be insane. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Honestly, there were a lot of kids at my music school who were like that. And my music school did a really good job of like... Yeah kind of grounding people and being like you're not going to be famous anytime right. soon and <laughs> weeding out people that exactly. that don't understand what goes into it exactly That's so really important tell me like i guess like how would you describe just i guess like how like your journey through doing the music school program and i guess like you know what what you ended up like uh how you ended up looking at what you're doing differently than when you first entered it totally so music school um so I had already been producing for five years when I went into music school, so I was at the point where I couldn't really learn anymore just by watching YouTube tutorials. I kind of had to go to professionals and learn like the tricks of the trade, like the little small things that oh, you yeah. don't really know until someone tells you about them. Um, so that was like the reason I went. A lot of people actually go there when they first start producing as well, so it was, there was the dichotomy was really interesting um, with the students. I was mm -hmm. definitely one of the more experienced producers in my class. Um, definitely, I'd, I'd just been doing it for longer, right, it just yeah. comes with music production. Mm -hmm. um, so the thing about the classes there is that they have to be able to cater to everyone, whether you're new or you've been doing it for a while, which is really difficult and almost, it's pretty much impossible. It's, yeah. it's impossible. So for me, it was really good to fill in gaps and to kind of remind, like reminders and also music theory was super important. I wasn't mm -hmm. the best at theory because I never played an instrument. I, mean, I, I played the guitar a little bit. I never learned the theory behind it, though, or anything. So mm -hmm. actually learning how to write and compose music properly was yeah. very important. Um, yeah, I think just filling in gaps as well. Um, for other people, I think it might have been a little bit more useful than it was for me. But honestly, I kind of more so went for the community as well and just to meet other producers mm -hmm. who are doing the same thing as me. Because, I mean, you know, it's, it's important to have yeah. a lot of friends and, like, right. colleagues, you know, yeah. to, meet, to yeah. meet people. Yeah, so. man. Totally. I mean, and I think and when we were we were texting, like, a year ago or something, and you were kind of, you were telling me, like, about being in L.A. And, and I mean, I like, I can only imagine, like, it's, like, and you, you, you made a point of this, is how hard it is to meet people. Totally. And so it's, it's cutthroat, kind of. Everyone sees LA as like this big like party city. You go it's there. It's a haven. It's a haven of like you go there and like there's all these celebrities and like it's super social. It's not yeah. really the case. I mean, it, at least around my age, I'm gonna say when you get a little bit older and like you're in whatever industry you're in, you find your paths. It's easy to meet people there just because yeah. everyone's there for a similar reason. When you're my age, I'm 21. Yeah. Everyone's still in college right now because I chose the music school path. So everybody who I would kind of like want to make friends with is at UCLA, which is really far for me. Like I'd have to, I had a couple friends at UCLA, but like it's just such a drive and like it's hard to make the commute out there. Mm. But yeah, it's just, LA is so spread apart. It's just very hard to, you know, 
like meet people in general, yeah. just in general, yeah. just find people who do the same thing as you even because it's very eclectic too. Everyone does everything there. It's like yeah, you can right. find any anybody doing any type of profession. So like, it's, what neighborhood do you live in? So I live in NoHo, North Hollywood, and then NoHo, NoHo. I sound so pretentious. <laughs> I live in NoHo. I live in North Hollywood. It's like right on the border of Burbank. Um, it's in like the San Fernando Valley. Oh, yeah. So it's a nice area. It's a nice area. Um, I actually, I actually get some dole. I'm not gonna choke this time. I kind of finished it. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. <laughs> yeah, it's a ten. It's a ten. That is a ten. Um, no ho. No ho. You're a no ho. I'm a no ho. Sure. Um, but like, yeah. Also, North Hollywood. If you ask anyone in LA, they'll be like, "What is that?" It's, it's like nobody <laughs> really lives there except yeah. like people who like went to school out there or something. So is like, it kind of like uh, like are there a lot of people sort of like of your caliber? Like, is it a younger neighborhood? Totally. Um, it, it's it's very Hispanic and older, so it's not many people my age or oh, like yeah, people. Sure. So I mean, like I definitely like made a solid group of friends. Like I work at Warner Brothers as well, which is where a lot of my friends work. Mm -hmm. Shout out Pixolve. Um, hey, um, yeah, I made a bunch of friends through school as well. Um, but at the same time. Uh, if you just go out there, I know a lot of people who just go out there and on a whim, they're like, I'm going to move to L.A. and get famous, and they don't know anybody, and they have a $27,000 rent a month, or $2,700 rent a month. It's like, they have to move back in three months, four yeah, months. Yeah, dude. <laughs> like, you, gotta, it, you know, like, have a plan. It's so idealized, you know? It, it really is. You and can't just go there and make it. It's really easy to go out there and be like, oh, I'm going to be partying all the time and be super social and have fun. And that's not always the case, and you have to be ready to kind of still find, like, a new friend group. Like, no matter what town you move to, even if it's, like, Las Vegas and you're working on the Strip or something, like, that would suck. You'd meet crazy fucking yeah. people. But yeah. at the same time, like, it'd be easy to meet people, mm -hmm. but, you know, it's going to take time. So oh, like, totally. It. People get out there, and they expect everything to happen so fast, and right. it's, like, it's a big city, and it's, like, whoa, like, this is crazy. I'm in L.A. now. I was humbled at even just being in Milwaukee and thinking that, like, when I was, like, you know, looking for a job after I graduated, I'm, like... Yeah, like, why does why doesn't this radio station want to hire me? Like, <laughs> I, I'm doing like, what am I not doing? You know, like, sure. why don't you know, like, why aren't uh, why aren't people like reaching out to me sure. to like? And when I first started producing, you know, those were a lot of the things that I was yeah. Thinking. And it's like, dude, no one knows me. Like, I need to put myself the fuck out exactly. there, and I, and I still like have so much more I could be doing, and I, and like, there's That's still just plenty. The process. Oh yeah, you know, and like eventually. Like, it's just, you know, you have to trust the process, too. You can't skip steps, yeah. That's, right. that's super important. Um, a lot of people <laughs> expect to be able to do that. Yeah. Not just in L.A., anywhere. Like, right. when you go to college, like you were saying, when I first started producing music, I was the same way. I'm glad <laughs> I had a harsh brother who was yeah. just like, you need to actually do something and, like, put your music out there. Right. I was like, okay, that makes sense. It's humbling. It, it really humbling. humbles you. Yeah, you also need people around you who will tell you when you're doing something wrong or who will tell you, uh, I don't know, like... Oh, yeah. You need a little wingman for your, right. your for your stuff to be exactly. real, to be real with you and be honest <laughs> and not have, you, yes men are not good in the creative no. field. You need people that are gonna like you know that believe in you and know that you can do better. That's the other thing about LA. A lot of yes men, people just looking for their next shot or whatever. They <laughs> yeah, literally just agree yeah. to everything you say if they know who you are. It's like it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Like I think I told one person in my class who my brother is, and it, it was absolutely insane he told like the entire other so there's like multiple classes and then i had everyone coming up to me like asking me about something I'm, like i don't even have like my shit started yet like yeah. you're really expecting me to like do all this other stuff like so my brother works in the pop industry which is very separate from the electronic music industry right, yeah. as well so it's yeah. like i don't know like you're asking me these questions but you don't really understand the <laughs> right. full yeah. depth of like where this goes you're like, like dude my, your guess is as good as mine I don't even know everything my brother does exactly. you know you're like well, they'll tell me like hey can you get your brother to, like tweet out my song it's like that won't really do anything everyone who follows my brother is like a 14 year old girl <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah he right. may have 300,000 followers yeah. but they're all like the demographic right. of Sean Mendes is very young mm -hmm. um, so they're all I mean you know like it's not going to really get your electronic dubstep exactly. platform right. going anywhere yeah. like it can help, you know? Yeah, yeah, I mean, exactly. And, like, and that's the thing is, like, even if you, even if hypothetically, like, like, you did get something like that, it's like, okay, then what now? Yeah. All you did for yourself, you set that much higher of a standard exactly. for yourself. Early than you need to. Do you really Early want you that? Yeah. Like, and I, I've talked about this on the show before. The, the idea, or the, just the, the, mere, the sheer, like, thought about, of, like, 
blowing up overnight, being like an overnight sensation is terrifying. I because saw, yeah. your life changes. Totally. And adapting to comfortability and like, yeah. Your being, standard, the standard you're held to Being is, a celebrity sucks. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like no, it's, no, it's not, no like, it, you have to have a very special type of build and like mental state. You have to be super resilient mm -hmm. to be like an actual, so I'm not even nearly attempting to go that far like with my music it's very like sub-genre right like, kind yeah. of still small which i yeah do that on purpose i don't want to be yeah in, like the huge like all the lights and everything i'm trying to work with the underdogs you yeah, know like and that's and that's like all the cool shit happens, exactly honestly yeah i agree yeah man it's just like you know and part it's just like you don't want because well, the second you get held to a higher standard like that is like the second that you need to prove yourself that much more. And that's so much more pressure on yourself, dude. Exactly. You know, and like, I, people just have this, people, they get this thing in their minds yeah. where it's like, oh, if I do this and this, then like, certainly like, this will happen no matter mm. what. And it's like, you can't really, like, you gotta kind of like, let things go and just right. put out your product and see how the world reacts to you instead yeah. of you reacting to the world is the thing. That's Which key. Which is very important. You that's need to good. listen to what people tell you mm -hmm. instead of kind of just like putting your shit out there and just being like, I don't see anything, like fuck this, I have my own path. Like, it yeah. doesn't always work, you know? So that being said, uh, so you said that you're working with Warner Brothers, what exactly are you doing? So I just take photos for their studio tour. That's like more so a part-time oh, thing right. on the side. Okay. Um, so yeah, um, it's actually a really fun job though. It's like, nice. it's way better than like going to like a restaurant. Every day. Like, <laughs> yeah. like I used to work at Noodles and Company. It's really <laughs> yeah. way, better than, way better than that. Dude, um, that's geeked. So basically like tourists from a, a lot of foreigners, um, even people from LA or around the country will come in and take the tour of um, Warner Brothers Studios, which is sick. We have like all the Batmobiles there oh, and shit. It, yeah. Like the, if you like Friends, which I don't, but you can I watch Friends or the Big Bang Theory. Great. A lot of shit, but yeah, I take your photos for you if you're there doing any of those things. So, hey, come to Warner Brothers, I'll take your fucking photos. It'll be sick. They cost $25, so I can't give you a discount. <laughs> They'll rip you off. They will, they will fucking they will suck you dry there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I believe it. One photo is $25. Two photos. I'll, I'll start the menu. One photo is $25. 15 every additional photo after that. If you wanted to get two photos, that'll cost you 50 That's some tourist trap shit. It, no, it totally yeah. is. I see people going there and they'll impulsively like, buy our like largest set. It's like $120 just because our other prices are so shitty that like they'll just like impulse buy it. And like, I kind of mm. feel bad when I sell people that. I'm like, yeah. Dude, I went to... Uh, it's funny. I went to... Uh, uh, Florida for spring break two years ago. Uh, stayed with our good buddy Bones, Bones. Nick Emmerich. Hey, Bones is having a, a kid, a child in a in a couple weeks, a and he just human, got married. A human being. Yes, <laughs> a, a sentient human. That's insane. An actual living, breathing living organism. Organism that <laughs> man created. Bones. A guy with the nickname Bones. Bones created. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, no, for your little brother, uh, congrats. Love you, Bones, congrats. Yeah, I love you, dude. So, I was staying with him uh, at, we went to, um, this is actually, this directly followed our South by Southwest trip, nice. which he also came with us to, and partied a lot. Awesome. And, uh, How was that, South by Southwest? Oh, it was great, yeah, awesome. it's, it's the best. Awesome. I want to live down there someday. Yeah, um, city. So, I came, uh, I came with him back to Orlando, and, like, he, uh, we, I was like, while I'm here, I want to do, like, the fun, like, starter kit shit in sure. Florida. So we went to both Universal and uh, and Disney World. Disney, yeah. And, dude, like, I, like, I, I did not realize, like, how much money those trips oh cost, dude. Oh, my God. Dude, I, like, my mom so was pissed at me, bro. Yeah. It was, I was... They will, so, at every yeah. amusement park, every tourist attraction, their goal is to make you spend as much money as possible exactly. before you leave. Right. All you really fucking need, though, get that butterbeer in Harry Potter World at Universal. Exactly. That's all you need. <laughs> I've been there in so, in so long. I gotta yeah. get there again. It's been way too long. I mean, honestly, just the rides are what makes a park fun. And, like, I like I had a great fucking time, but it's like, dude, holy shit, drinking around the world in Epcot? Dude, yeah, I don't have that fucking money, man. Yeah, it's, like, like ridiculous. I don't, yeah. Like, it's been in, like, yeah, it's dude. It's, it is insane, man. Like, mm -hmm. I, yeah, I... Don't blame my parents for never taking me there growing up. Anyway, <laughs> um, so me neither. I only went there once growing up. That yeah, it's fucking expensive. Yeah, exactly. So, no. Um, so I guess like uh, now that school is done, mm -hmm. uh, what is on your mind now, career-wise, with your music, and I guess like what's what what where are you at right now? Totally. So I'm still kind of um, trying to like perfect my craft. I mean, I only got into the type of music I'm into like a couple years ago. So um, 
I've mostly just been trying to get really good at this one specific genre. Um, but I'm at the point now where I'm like kind of meeting all my goals and like I think I'm about ready to actually launch my brand. I have a graphic artist that already did all the artwork for me. Um, awesome. The brand name is Spacesuit. It's coming soon. Shout out to Spacesuit. Shout out to Spacesuit. Um, couple months. Probably one or two months until you'll see it on the SoundCloud and the yeah. Spotify and Facebook and Instagram. Awesome, and making all the social media accounts. It'll be, yeah. it'll be an, a nice grand opening for yeah. everybody to hear my music for the first time. If you're not into really weird, intense music and you don't want to get out of your comfort zone, don't listen to it. Don't listen to it. Just don't do it. Man. If you only listen to Chief Keef and hip hop every day, like, <laughs> yeah, right, wake up, yeah. some people wake up at 8 a.m. and they'll like blast Erbo. Dude, like, Erbo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, what? Like, what kind? No, of the thing? best was on our BBYO. And I love hip hop music, by the way. Right. I no, the best love is rap music. The best is during our BBYO conventions when we were uh, like, uh, when we were like. Uh, bunking with Aaron, oh, and we had to yeah. get up at like Eddie on the first thing he puts on is like Chief Keith. Yeah, like, like, with yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like some real turn up Chicago drill shit. Dude, I miss that culture. <laughs> dude, so I miss much. dude. I show hang with me to my friends in Milwaukee. That that, that shit that shit still goes. I crazy. wish people sent me like because I am more in the EDM now. I wish people still sent me like these crazy fucking rap oh, yeah. videos. So it's like I'll find <laughs> yeah. them like way later. I'll find them like way late and be like, oh shit, like the baby's like fire. The baby <laughs> is fire. I just got into like a month ago. Yeah, it's like, dude, come on. Oh, <laughs> come on, come on. <laughs> yeah, the baby's sick. I just wish. Yeah, I gotta get more into hip hop yeah. again. Word, yeah, for just sure. Fucking, it's still awesome music. Yeah, I think the baby is the next Fifty Cent. Quote my words. You heard it on record. Yeah. Um, so are you like, uh, so I know that there's like a lot of like um, kind of intertwining with like actual like production as well as like DJing. Like, sure. Do you DJ at all? Or? So personally, I don't DJ yet. I mean, that's my goal. When I first started making music, that's what I wanted to do as a profession is to mm-hmm. tour around the world and not to like just be up on a stage and like do shit. Like I want to play people my music and right. also hear my music on mm-hmm. Superlab. That's so fucking cool. Like yeah. my goal, like my one of my biggest dreams is just to hear my music on a giant speaker system. That's like one of my biggest goals. Like I can't wait till the day. Mm-hmm. But um I can't like dude that a moment like that, you like won't feel I'll probably cry. You probably I'll probably break down and cry. Yeah, I don't exactly <laughs> you would be feeling more like one with your with the world like than oh, anything else 100 percent, yeah and when it comes to like actually djing and producing i see a lot of people so here's the thing if you're really into djing and mixing songs mm-hmm. it's super cool and you should start with vinyl and get really into it yeah vinyl that's, djs that's it's really cool but a lot of people see a dj play for the first time and they're like oh shit are they making that up there or like <laughs> what are they what are they actually doing and they're like it, you don't really get it basically there's two songs that are playing on a mixing board you get to choose between, so I don't personally DJ, but I just know you get to choose right, between yeah. the two songs, blah, 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 etc. Um, there's a lot of people who start with that and start doing that for a certain amount of years, and then they realize, I can't have a career just doing this. Mm-hmm. You have to be really, really, really special to have a career mm-hmm. only DJing. There's people like Carl Cox, who's, uh, he has like a residency in Ibiza, which is like the biggest, it's like country for EDM pretty much. He only DJs, and he's like one of the only people ever to make it doing that, pretty much. Damn. Like, it's very difficult That's to make it in the electronic uh, industry if you're only a DJ. Yeah. I mean, you could be a very successful only DJ for like a wedding DJ right. or something. Like, you'd still make a lot of money doing that. In your that. local scene, maybe? Totally. Yeah, yeah like local scene. Um, I know Aaron's trying to do like a college scene, which is a super cool yeah. idea. Shout out to Oxymorons. Shout out to Oxymorons, very true. He opened for Grizzly. Yeah, so that was cool. There's a lot of routes you can go, but. I do see a lot of people who want to be a performing DJ, and they start DJing first instead of producing, and they find themselves two years down the road like, shit, why did I learn this? This is useless to me. I can't get a gig. I don't have any music. Yeah. Uh, nobody's going to hire me to play this. Yeah. So, like, you got to kind of... I, I, luckily, I have a brother in the music industry, like we were talking about earlier, who kind of guided me a little bit and told me the programs to use and told me, like, that, that's not really the case. They don't make the music up there. You gotta make it on your own, on your computer yeah. over a very long time. You gotta time. fucking practice a ton. Like people need to want to hire you to play music yeah. before you just <laughs> play music. You don't really just get to that right. position. It's like skipping a lot, you know? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, like you have to, like you like you said, you have to be outstanding. Exactly. You know? and yeah. it's, it's totally a fun hobby. Right. I know a lot of people who would love to just get in their room and throw on some tracks and DJ for like an hour or two. It gets you amped up. Like it's a good totally. workout too. Like yeah. it's super fun. And if you just want to do that as a hobby, totally, like, that's awesome. But at the same time, if you're, like, trying to actually go somewhere with it, definitely start with production. Highly don't recommend starting with DJ unless you really know that that's what you want to be doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's, a, that's a good point to, to have. I was always, like, I never understood, like, 
yeah, what people like start and, with. So yeah. that, that's a good Sorry point. Sorry to interrupt again. The thing Go about ahead. DJing also is that it's relatively easy to learn. You're kind of just pressing play on. There's there's a lot that goes into it with beat matching and keys and how you could Scratches. actually yeah, and you could actually like play songs that are in the same key and like develop your set that way, and it all sounds mm -hmm. like the same song, which yeah. is really cool. Um, I totally forgot where I was going with this. It takes a lot of reading the crowd too. It takes a lot yeah. of reading the crowd. Yeah. Um, I totally forgot where I was going with that, but yeah, it's it's it's, it's how it's cool. easy. Like it is kind of easy, but there, you know, there is. Oh yeah, it's it's super easy to learn in the first place. So like my goal eventually is like when I do start doing that, I'll probably take a couple months to learn it. It'll probably take like since I've been producing for a long time, I kind of know a lot about beats per minute and like the key of the song and like all the things that you need to do to DJ. So probably take me like a couple months to get the hang of it and probably a couple years to master and like actually get good at but at the same time that's a lot different from music production where you can't even have a product that sounds cool until like two years down the road mm -hmm. it's very different yeah. it's something that's easily learned versus a skill that takes a very long time to yeah. develop like years like tens yeah. and like just one tool there's a tool called the compressor in Ableton which is basically like our like a little producer joke that we have is you don't even understand it until you're 15 years into producing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like so complicated and it makes no sense <laughs> and it's just like this weird alien thing, but it does really interesting things. But like you have to be, it takes a long time. Music mm -hmm. production is like very, there's a big, there's not really a skill cap that you could reach. You could just keep going and getting yeah. better and better and better. Are you using an artist name yet? Yeah, so I think Spacesuit, when I actually start my brand, it took me a long time to think of that, though, honestly. And branding, to me... Oh, yeah, the, that makes sense. I, I think you, yeah, you had, like, a... Didn't you actually have, like, a, like an outfit, like, something? <laughs> I was thinking about it, but no, I don't think... I, I thought you had, or at least visuals or something. Didn't you, like, have so something? So I just got that? some graphic design done for it that's super cool. That was it. Yeah, and I was, was. I recently changed it, so it's a lot cooler now, and I'm not going to do the whole spacey thing. I think that's a little corny. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, no, I'm, I take my branding super seriously. I think your artwork needs to pop out and your product needs to be very special and like oh it's just as important as the content a hundred percent and like you need to think of like a good name that people see and just want to click on even if it's mm -hmm. like and i found, i just thought of it one day i think i saw it on like a web page just like just the word spacesuit and i was like wait a second like i'm looking for an artist name like i need to like and it took me like months of like consciously trying to think mm -hmm. of different artist names yeah and that that one the one i picked i didn't pick that because i have some like special like feelings towards spacesuits or anything. It's a, I'm not like I don't want to be an astronaut one day. It's really easy. I can just see you floating. In exactly. Space. I come up on stage. Yeah. But uh, it's super easy to brand. I mean, yeah. like for a graphic designer, especially because I wanted my artwork to be super cool. Like that's something that's relatively. It's an easy concept to understand. I think I had another. My other name was No Idea before that, which like. I don't really know what you would like. The logo would be like <laughs> yeah. a question mark. Like that's yeah, not cool, right. you know. Like yeah. you got to really put some thought into yeah. these things and where it's going to go into the future. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think it'll hopefully it'll work out. You know. There you go, man. Yeah, start it in a couple months. So stay tuned for that. Definitely. Uh, yeah, hell yeah, man. It sounds like you know you uh, you're you've got the right idea. Like working internally exactly. uh, to do you know perfect your craft. I until... think it's way more important to do that internally yeah. first. A lot of people try to social climb, and it's just like it doesn't work. I see. Clout does not mean shit unless you're trying to be an Instagram influencer. Right. Like if you're trying to get in the social world, like sure, but like if you're trying to be an artist at the same time, like eh, there's a you know there's. And that's also going to speak volumes to what kind of audience you attract. Totally, hundred you know? percent. So that's good that you, you know you have the right idea with that. From yeah. what it sounds I, like. I think. I mean, not just for me. I think with any. You know, like we were talking about earlier, when you get into something, I think it's always good to like kind of put your head down for a while and like really like dive deep into what you're doing and like fully understand it before you actually start to put your product out into the world and like show people. Mm -hmm. Or you know, honestly, that that might be wrong. Like you might want to start showing people first and then getting the world's feedback on yeah. what you're doing. It's really you know you could go either way with a lot of these things. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that, uh, and it's you're never gonna stop learning. Totally. Even the, even the greats. You know, even 100%. even those that are at the highest That's caliber of the industry. why I picked music production. It's one of those things, no skill cap. Like, you're never going to mm -hmm. stop learning. I mean, there's right. obviously jobs that you probably, like, after a while, they're going to get, like, working at Noodles and Company. Like, right. The it's job, a ceiling. The yeah. job I currently have at Warner Brothers is only so good you could click 
a button one time, you know, like, it's, it's like, come on, like, the, the camera's already set up, and I literally click a button, it's like, yeah. it's the best I can do, you know? Yeah. I wash dishes, There's dude. a skill cam <laughs> to, to the, all those things. I wash dishes at a restaurant that I'm yeah. five minutes away from. Not much, like, emotional motivation. No, <laughs> no, I mean, at least, I mean, at least I do love my coworkers, totally. I like... My, That's super important. The restaurant that I work at happens to also be a live music venue. Honestly, the music or the food industry can be awesome if you work with like, because like a lot of family or a lot of a lot of businesses and restaurants are like a big family. And I think it's oh, really yeah. it's really fucking. Cool. Oh, totally. Unfortunately, when I worked in Noodles and Company, it was like the total opposite. Oh yeah, it was like, <laughs> shit. It was like the worst. But yeah, that's that's definitely <laughs> mighty fine. Oh yeah, man. Found a, a nice little lo- location. Yeah, exactly. I, I encourage people to not work corporate. Totally. And to work for small businesses, small businesses 100%. that's where you're going to find the fun. So actually, I don't even work for Warner Brothers. I work for a subsidiary called Pixolve, which is a very small business. And we just take photos. We actually do like Universal as well um, and a lot of but other... But like, you're at Warner Brothers. We are at Warner yeah, Brothers. Sure. So technically, I work at Warner Brothers. <laughs> I don't work for Warner Brothers, though. Sure. I just, but it is a lot cooler to say that I work at yeah. Warner Brothers. So <laughs> yeah. I will say that most yeah, of the time. Yeah. But the distinction is I actually work for Pixolve. So gotcha. Just taking photos there. Dope. Yeah, man, I mean, dude, I'm just, like, I'm fucking proud of you. Because, dude, I mean, like, I remember, you know, when we were just goofball teenagers, like, you know, five, six, seven years ago, and, like, you know, our idea of, you know, like, having fun and enjoying music was, yeah, just getting yeah. fucked up doing a dumb shit. And it, like, and it definitely we'll, had a little rough patch in high school. I don't want to get too deep into it. We only have so much time left. So I have a flight at 6 a.m. tomorrow. But um, yeah. but at the same time, like, yeah, I had a little rough patch during high school. And I think that that was the most necessary and important time for our, like, my life. And I don't know about you guys. Um, we all, like, went through some shit in oh, high yeah, school. Oh, yeah, man. Definitely. Totally. Definitely. I definitely, For like, better or for worse. Mm-hmm. But um, in, in my case, I feel like it was definitely for the better. I learned so much through that experience. Mm-hmm. Um it definitely humbled me. Yeah. It, it made me realize, you know, like, you're not always right. You got to listen to other people. Yeah. Like, there's other things. There's other things right. you got to think about and just, like, feeling comfortable all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really easy to fall back into vices and stuff like that. Oh, so, yeah, definitely. It also, like, it's a learning curve with, like, just kind of letting go. I mean, I know both you and I have experienced this, but a lot of people do. Like, I've had, I've had severe FOMO for a totally. long time and, like, just... Terrified of like you know, missing out on cool things with my friends and like 100%. I compromised my own mental health in order to do that plenty of times and yeah. like you kind of have to just let go of that like after a certain point and be like you aren't gonna be like like there's you know it's honestly like you don't have to be like at the center of everything all the time That's you know true. like everything you, will exist when you're <laughs> done with whatever you're dealing exactly. with exactly like take care of you first everything will still be there nothing right. everything's waiting for you. Yeah. Um, I don't know. So, like, I took about two years off, and I was doing other stuff for two full years. I had pretty much no contact with, like, anybody back home. Like, right. it, was, it was a crazy experience. So, so, I needed to get myself emo- not only, like, grounded with what I want to do in the future, but grounded emotionally, mm-hmm. and get all my shit figured out first. And I'm super glad I took the time, and I had people around me that were smart enough to see the signs and be like, yeah, maybe you should actually take some help. And, yeah. Like, maybe you need to do this. And I'm yeah. so glad that I went through all that very early too yeah, yeah. very very early right. i don't really i mean i'm still obviously very cautious about a lot of things but um mm-hmm. take a lot of mental health precautions which i think is important for everybody oh, yeah, for sure but at the same time definitely a crazy learning experience uh high school is wild <laughs> it was it was a weird time yeah but, it really fucking is yeah. uh i wouldn't give any of it back for anything though because i think our high school was dope in was. a lot of ways it was fucking dope high, our high school <laughs> was a great place to fuck up at the same time, yeah. you know, like yeah. there's not too bad of shit that could happen yeah. to you if you fucked up around that. And dude, now. like people don't know a lot of shit that like has gone viral or like HF oh, is such a big, HF yeah. has gone viral a number of times, oh, bro. I'm surprised like Hotheads wasn't even That's mentioned. Right. Lyrical yeah. Lemonade. It was on Lyrical Lemonade. Oh sure. It was the yeah. the whole write up about um, different people who went to HF and like all the artists that used to go. Bro, there. that was our locker room. I know. That was literally <laughs> in the locker room. That shit went so yeah. viral. It's so yeah. funny. I mean, there's, there's a lot of culture with our school. Yeah, man. There's other uh, dope uh, uh, artists that are popping up uh, out yeah. of out of uh, the HF area as well, and like. And I was, what I was going to say earlier was that, like, yeah, man, like, and you know, you, like, the thing is, like, that was, like, our hobby, you know, and, totally. like, that was our way of hanging out in high school. But that was that's what connected a, us all. Right. Definitely. But that's, but, like, you saw so much meaning in that, 
like in electronic music and like where it was only a hobby for many of us it's like you were like dude no like i want to do this like this is why i share this with you guys because like it means that much to me it really does and i i'm glad that was the one thing i really stuck with throughout the whole thing even when i was going through my whole thing and trying to figure myself out and really um getting into the nitty-gritty of everything i was still producing and i was still making music as much as i could like it wasn't very often like it was just whenever the studio time was available whenever i could get in there and it was usually 15 minutes at a time yeah like i made sure like i need to keep doing this like this is what i want to be doing Mm -hmm. in the future that's something i've stuck with and i think it's important to have those like not even just like a future goal for yourself just those core elements of who you are that really make up like and to stick with them you know yeah it's important hell yeah i mean the broadcasting stuck with me too. Exactly, so. just like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Journalism yeah. and everything. Right. Perfect fit. Hell yeah, perfect fit. So, Stuart, we're gonna uh, we're gonna close out. Yeah, thanks for this great interview. You bet, man. How, so, tell me uh, what keeps you up at night. Matt. What keeps me up at night? That's a good question. Um, so, spacesuit. Spacesuit coming right. out soon. Right. Nice. Coming out soon. Yeah. Um, Floating around in space. Yeah. Other than that, everything's kind of been even, which has been a nice change of pace from a long rocky road it's been very even recently which has been relaxing um but at the same time you can't get too comfortable you know you got to put yourself in uncomfortable situations and put yourself out there still so yeah what uh puts you to sleep though what puts me to sleep that's an even better question i think (laughs) my family first of all and all my friends and just all the support that Mm -hmm. i get from everybody yeah especially with my music and everything just means so much to me yeah. And like it just it's so like whenever someone tells me like they're excited to hear my music or like anything like that, it's just like oh that's like oh oh, oh. it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart. I love oh. it. Yeah, that's I think that's what puts me to sleep. Oh, yeah, just knowing that and having confidence in the world around me and just being everything will kind of work itself out one day. I hope uh once you start playing out, like what we gotta get you up in Milwaukee A hundred percent. We gotta do another podcast soon. And we well. certainly yes, we'll do lots uh, more to talk in the we'll, future. We'll do a revisited. Hundred percent. Thanks for being on the show. Of course, man, I really enjoyed. Space suit coming to you soon. Uh and uh, study your craft, study very in-depth, study Indeed. internally, uh, do not... Introspective. And one of the key things you said, do not skip steps. True. Don't skip steps. Indeed. Indubitably. Indubitably. <laughs> Thanks for I watching. Know. Thank you for watching, Mr. Nice Guy. We'll see you next time.